Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week we're sitting down with Lane. Lane is a good friend of mine from the Duckfeed community, like a lot of our guests on this ep- on this podcast are. Uh, me and him talk about all things Souls. I think we start from the very beginning in Demon Souls and work our way all the way through Dark Souls 3. Lots of Dark Souls 3 spoilers in this one, so watch out if you haven't finished that game yet. As always, if you'd like to be on the podcast, send me an email at dguspodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening. So what was, tell me about your first Dark Souls game or Demon Souls game. What was your, how did you get into this series? Oh man. So I remember this so well because it was a big, big part of my life. Um, I had just started dating my wife actually. Um, and this was okay. 2000, this was 2009. Um, Demon Souls came out and I hadn't even heard of it. I had no idea what it was. But I was just looking for a good RPG because I have played RPGs since I was 12 years old, you know. Um, I think my first big RPG was like Final Fantasy VII. So I loved RPGs and I was just looking for another good one. And it just happened that the the redesigned PS3 and Demon Souls kind of came out at the same time. And so on a complete whim, I just bought both of those things. I bought Demon Souls and the new PS3 Slim. <laughs> what, what, like, what, that's such a weird combination of things. Like, how I did know. you know about Demon Souls? Did you like see I, a trailer? Or? I didn't even, I just saw it. I was just, I like, I, all the time I Google PS3 RPGs, you know, just like looking for new stuff. And they were just like both on Amazon. And I was like, okay, I'll buy both of those things. Like, I literally knew nothing about the game. So it's total like luck that I got into this. <laughs> Seriously, and and so um, I I got it. It was in my college apartment, um, and I hooked it up to my computer monitor. Uh, I remember this is so well in my brain. And uh, anyway, I started playing Demon Souls. That was literally how I started playing uh, the Souls games. It was just a complete random chance, actually. What were you, like, what kind of video games were you playing at the time? Like, obviously, you were looking for RPGs, but, like, were you into Skyrim, or were you into, like, what what were you playing around the same time? Um, I hadn't played Skyrim. I remember playing, uh, like, Resident Evil 5, like, just random PS3 games that I, that I found. I, I really liked Bioshock back then, uh, but, yeah, it, it wasn't anything, like, related whatsoever, uh, I, I remember reading the IGN review of Demon Souls and them like praising it, saying this is amazing and it has great combat. And I thought, okay, that sounds interesting. And I remember picturing it kind of like a Elder Scrolls type game, thinking, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I you know I love open world RPGs. And you know when I started playing that game, when I started playing Demon Souls, I was like, this is like really unique, like totally unlike any other game I've played. And uh, yeah, just went from there. 
Did you bounce off of it all? Because I know most of the people I talked to on this podcast is like, yeah, I played Demons, and then 30 minutes later, I threw it in the trash can and started a fire, and then never thought about <laughs> it until <laughs> much, much <Burned> later. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. kind of burn the disc to the ground with my PS3 and be yeah, done with it. Yeah, I, uh, I actually did complete it uh, the first time through. I do remember getting really, really uh, stuck at the... Um, at the armored spider in Demon Souls, you know, in two one, mm-hmm. I remember getting mm-hmm. stuck there bad, and I realized that like the class I had rolled was horrible, and so I started over and, and was just experimenting with a, a bunch of stuff. Uh, but I but it was at that point that I realized like this isn't a normal RPG where you can just go up to a monster and smash buttons, you know, like this is something that you kind of need to plan for, and so like I slogged through that whole game. And then I thought, well, this is way too hard. And, you know, at the time there weren't like really good wikis or anything. And so it was just kind of everyone's just doing their best, you know, trying to figure it out. I did read, I did read a lot of stuff about how to do like uh, using the, um, what was it called in Demon's Souls? Was it the Rat's Ring? I can't remember. The it's like Thief the Ring? Red tier, the Red Tear Stone Ring. It's like that one. Oh, um, the one that gives you extra attack if you're like really, really low on health. Yes, that one. Uh-huh. I, I can't. Is it I, is it tear ring in Demon Souls? I can't remember now. I, I don't remember right off the top of my head. Anyway, if you paired that, wow, we are with such the, noobs, man. I know. Jeez, <laughs> I've only played these games for a thousand hours. <laughs> anyway, uh, and I, I remember making a build that was based around that, and it was like the Morion blade and that ring. And it was like an assassin, or like a, a, a like a one shot kill with a bow, because bows were like super uh, powerful in Demon Souls. And you paired that with those, you know, low health effects, and I mean, it was like literally one shot everything. You were like the second person in the row to talk to me on this show about a weird and crazy Demon Souls build that I just have never heard of really? before. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, um, it's interesting it, because I did A one-shot kill bow build is crazy to me. <clears throat> yep, I totally did that. And I did it out of frustration because I was like, I am so bad at this game. Like, I beat the game, but I just felt horrible. You know, like, I was just not good at it. And so I'm like, well, how can I get good at this thing? You know, we're going to, I'm not going to talk about get good a lot, but, you know, I wanted to know how to be good at it. And, uh, and so I did, like, I played through the whole game with this one shot kill thing and it was really hard, but pretty cool. <laughs> and then, um, I still didn't feel good at it though. Cause I felt kind of like I was cheesing through it. So I remember mm-hmm. making a, making a magic build and I didn't know how the stats worked very well. And so like, I literally pumped every single stat up to level like 70 straight into magic, not realizing that there were caps to them doing anything. You know, <laughs> were you just grinding out the souls for that, or were you like, I was like, I went, glitch? no, no, this is before dupe glitch. This was, I mean, I think there was a dupe glitch back then. I didn't know about it though, I didn't use the internet mm-hmm. very well for the game back then. And uh, anyway, so I had like 70 in the magic stat or whatever the intelligence I can't remember what it was called. And it, I was just like, I still suck at this game, you know, like I, I wasn't doing anything. And so that's when I stopped. So I guess I kind of did bounce off it a little bit because I just got so frustrated. Like, I'm never going to be good at this game ever. And I quit. Uh, yeah, so, so I guess I would say I did bounce off. I did beat the game, but I had no idea what I was doing still. I got kind of lucky. 
<laughs> but you beat it. I mean, that's that's a pretty major accomplishment. It, it is. I agree. Uh, I still, though, I like to. I'm a mastery type person, you know. And I just felt like I'm never going to get good, so I'm I'm going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> what did you, what what happened then? Like, was the game kind of stuck in the back of your mind as like this is something I need to go back to and finish because it's like my duty as a gamer or something like, were you kind of thinking that or were you just like, okay, I'm done no, with this forever and ever. I think I was done. I was like, you know, I, I kind of like this game. It was super challenging. I'm not good at it. It's super unfair. I think I felt, you know, that it was unfair, but, but then I got married and stuff and just kind of, you know, stopped doing that. You know, I didn't play the games quite as much. And I do remember playing it, like that Batman Arkham Asylum and, and, and uh, I platinumed that game. And okay. then I was like, and then I platinumed Final Fantasy 13, and I'm like, I like platinum, platinuming games. You know, this is kind of fun. So then I'm like, hmm, Demon Souls. I wonder if I can platinum that game. <laughs> That's the only one that I haven't platinumed yet, yeah. out of all of them. <laughs> oh, and it's it's ridiculous. Oh, it's so hard. The the farming is so bad. Anyway, yeah, so I ridiculous. just kind of took it as a challenge. I'm like, I'm going to platinum that game because wasting time platinuming games is super fun. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway well, it's, it's more it's more goal driven like i think that's what i think that's why yes. people like the trophies Agreed. and achievements like it gives you something to a it gives you a goal to work towards even though that's a completely meaningless and like dumb goal to go for like it's still at least something that you can do right right yeah that's exactly right so anyway that that's when i started the the uh the internet community too was a lot better then that was about a year or nine months after the release and there's just a ton mm-hmm. of information. And that's when I really started getting into the depth of the game, just going, oh, wow, if I use, you know, this sword with this set of stats, like, I can do super well. And then I, you know, started realizing, oh, huge weapons are great, but if I just use this fire long sword, it's amazing too. You know, like, I started figuring out that there was literally, like, an infinite number of ways to play the game, and there wasn't just one way. And that, that, that most of them were viable. Um, obviously, like Demon Souls, like a faith build was stupid. Like it was impossible. But um, but there are a lot of different ways to play the game, and I I really got into that and got really good at at uh, you know just using simple weapons and getting really proficient at their move sets and stuff. And I just loved it then. It was so much fun. So great. How many how many builds did you like? How many times have you beaten Demon Souls with different builds at this point? Um. Probably, I remember when I decided to platinum the game, I, I just kind of kept playing until I found a good build. And I just remember my, my favorite build in that game was literally just like a fire long sword and like tons of vitality and tons of uh, stamina. That's what I just loved most because I could move around a lot and super fast attack, you know. Um, mm-hmm. How many times I had beaten that game at this point, like when I platinum, probably like eight to ten times i'd gone through the whole game um and this is then, all in the space of time between demon souls and dark souls one right like yes. dark souls did not come out at this point so yeah. not yeah wow. not even that's close a, that's like, a lot of time to spend in demon souls it is yeah i clocked in probably in the first year of that game coming out probably 250 hours if i remember right wow it was a ton. I played it so much. <laughs> and, you know, 100 hours of that was farming pure Bladestone. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Did you get into no, the PvP at all? Like, were you into the into the multiplayer? 
a little bit. Um, it, it wasn't, you know, it's not as good as Dark Souls, and it never really was. Um, but I, and I didn't understand, like, you know, what the meta was and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't really get into the community part to, to get consistent mm-hmm. PvP. But I have some really good memories of just, like, destroying invaders. You know, that's, and that's so much fun. Just, you know, kicking people's butts. <laughs> Do you remember the first time that you encountered, like, another player within that world? Was it you summoning them or them invading your world? Or, like, because I know that's, for me in Dark Souls 1, that was, like, a significant experience of, like, who is this other person that is in my world now? I don't understand what's yes. going on. Yes, yes. I, I remember summoning most um, people did a lot of summoning in Demon Souls just because it was super hard, you know, and, mm-hmm. and new. And so I remember helping a lot of people. I do. I, I, and, and that's one of my things I've loved. Like, Sunbro is my thing. I love, I love Sunbrowing. It's the best. Helping people out. So at this point, like, you're playing Demon Souls an awful lot. Like, are you getting into the community at all? Or are you just kind of, like, look, browsing the wikis? Like, are you, you didn't at all. Okay. No, I just, I was just a wiki reader, you know, and I just read Excellent. all the stuff about the wikis and, and, and still at this point, you know, just to be clear, I didn't know that Demon Souls had a storyline or any lore. I didn't realize it. Well, that's where I was going to go into next. If like really? you had been pulling like lore videos out or anything like that. Like, nope. did you really, you still at this point had no clue as to what was actually happening in the game. Right. I had no idea. I didn't realize that like, if you read item descriptions, it would tell you about what was going on. I had no idea. And so, in fact, I didn't get into the lore until like 2012 in Dark Souls. Like I had no idea. Like it just didn't even occur to me that you could read all this stuff. And I didn't even understand what environmental storytelling was. Like I had no idea. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, like that's the first time they ever encounter stuff like that. Like as far as yeah. like, environmental storytelling as the only method of storytelling in a video game like even though some of that stuff existed in the past like they would uh, they were usually like something to guide you through the whole thing by the nose like yep so yeah that's yeah i never i never picked up on item descriptions until well after i'd played dark souls one a few times so don't feel bad about that at all yeah me too in fact i'd probably beaten dark souls one uh five times in fact, the reason why I knew I figured out that there's any lore at all in any of these games is because of Bonfire Side Chat. Like I started okay. listening to that and they were talking about like like characters and lore and I'm like, what is this? What is this stuff? Like what are they talking about? Are they making about? this up? Yeah. <laughs> and 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 uh, it really opened my eyes to the to the game, you know, a ton because I'm like, wow, this game has really good lore and anyway, it, it was just amazing. It's like I've been playing these games for three years, and now like this whole new world is opened up to me. <laughs> did you go back at that point, like after you discovered Bonfire Side Chat? Did you go back and look on the internet, like does this exist for Demon Souls too? And I just missed it somehow. <laughs> yeah, yes, I did. I absolutely did, and I actually didn't replay Demon Souls at the time because you know the Bonfire Side Chat guys were like, "Oh, we're gonna do a Demon Souls season." I'm like, "Oh, sweet. Well, maybe I'll just play along." And I did. I actually did that when they did the Demon Souls season. Like, I just kind of played along slowly, and uh, you know, just kind of soaked up all of the lore and just adds a whole new dimension to what you're doing. It's so cool. What was your uh, like your your hype level for Dark Souls One? It meaning like, were you? Have you seen the, like, whatever reveal trailer and were, like, all into it? Or was it just, like, another time you were in the video game and you saw, like, Dark Souls? That sounds like Demon Souls. Like, maybe I should buy that. 
So I knew what it was, but this is the funniest thing about Dark Souls for me is uh, I was married and my wife was expecting a baby and I decided to get rid of all of my video games so that I could finish school in a year. Mm -hmm. uh, I had two years of school and I did it in a year. And I did that right around the time Dark Souls came out. So I didn't play Dark Souls for over a year after its release. Like, and obviously, like, doing two years of school, your wife having a baby, getting married, like, all of that stuff is hugely, like, that's a that's a challenging, like, life stuff to go through. But ignoring all of that, how hard was it not playing Dark Souls 1? <laughs> it was super sad. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I that played, had to be, I like, played, a... <laughs> I played video games, you know, since I was, like, six years old. I've always loved video games, and, and like, my love for Demon's Souls, like, my favorite game at the time. Like, I... I put so much time and, and I just like mastered the game, you know, like I knew where every single item was. And so when they announced Dark Souls 2 and I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to miss that one, you know, like it was really challenging, you know, <laughs> totally was. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, that's... And so my wife is amazing and awesome. And so when I graduated from college, she gave me Dark Souls. That's what she gave me. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So did, did, at that point, were you playing it on the PC or did you get another console to play it on? It was on the PS3. Yeah, this was about okay. three months before the PC launch of uh, okay. of Dark Souls. Yep. And so did you kind of I walk into... Up, oh, go ahead. I was, what, what I was going to say is um, I ended up playing the PS3 version through like five, six times, maybe more. And then I bought the PC version and played for months. I just... I literally like was a forest bro and just summoned for like months. It was so much fun. <laughs> so you got way into the PVP in Dark Souls 1 then. I did. Yep. On the PC. That's when I finally got into PVP and found, you know, how much fun that can be. So. And at that point, are you like dedicated to the wikis and like looking at builds and like creating specific oh, PVP yeah. builds? Like, yeah, you're doing the whole thing. So you, you got yep. very much into it then. Yeah, I did. My favorite Dark Souls build was like a, a quality Zweihander. And you just go mm -hmm. in swinging and nobody like can get in the way of that thing. <laughs> it was it was so good in that game. Oh, that weapon was so fun. Since you had played uh, Demon Souls at this point and you had discovered Bonfireside Chat, like when you started up Dark Souls, were you immediately going through and reading all the item descriptions or did it take you a while to like acclimate to that kind of storytelling? No, I actually still don't read a lot of item descriptions. I rely a lot on Bonfireside Chat and Body for my lore. Okay. Those are your two I, big I, lore I'm, sources. <laughs> yep. I'm not super good at putting it all together, you know? And, and frankly, I don't want to put in like the mind power to do that because it takes a lot, you know, to make all the connections. And so I found that I, I just prefer to let other people figure out all the mysteries. And then it's just super fun to like play through the game. You get to know all the characters, but you don't know really anything about them. And then you go watch a Vadi video and you're like, oh, okay, that makes so much sense, you know? And it yes. that's my that's my favorite <laughs> thing. I love that. And then the next time you play through, like you have that more of an understanding of that character and who that character is. Yep, exactly. And then what I'll kind of do is I'll I'll go through and do another playthrough and I call them like lore playthroughs. And I'll, you know, after learning everything, and then I'll go through and I'll just pick like one storyline and play through the whole game with that one storyline. And just really soak up the audio, you know, from the characters and just everything that they're saying. And uh, it adds a cool dimension to, to those characters. 
But you still don't go through and like even for the flavor text and like read through the item descriptions like as I, you pick up a new item or something. No, I don't because I just I'm all about the gameplay and I just mm-hmm. I find that slows me down. So I just I kind of ignore the item descriptions <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> That's which is totally fine. Like play the. I'm right. never gonna be one to uh, like police how people play Souls games. Like I'm not that mm-hmm. guy. Like if you want to do like a full magic build and or you want to do like a soul level one build, I, I don't care. Like play the game however you want to play. Yep, yep. And that's, are you uh, yeah, that's how I do it. are you like a big summons guy? Like your first time through, do you, do you summon people in to get to your help, or do you like drop your sign a lot? Like yep. you, you mentioned that co op was your big thing. Do you also pull in help? Yeah, I do pull in help a lot. In fact, my um, my general thing now, especially with Dark Souls three and Bloodborne, was to um, just play through the game. What I do is I I just start and I just go through the game. I summon a lot of help, but I don't read anything. And I just soak up the whole experience. And I usually like miss a ton of stuff. And, uh, but then I do a lot of co-op as well. So it's just kind of like. So you save like your, your full playthroughs, like your full wiki playthrough for like the second or third time that you go through it. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. I find it fun just because there's just so much to learn and so much to find in these games. There's a pretty significant departure in atmosphere between Demon Souls and, and Dark Souls. Did you find that you had a preference for like the moodiness and kind of oppressiveness of Demon Souls over the more kind of fantasy world of Dark Souls One, or like did you prefer the the Dark Souls One stuff? It's it's hard to say because you've got the whole like first love thing going on, you know. Like I love mm-hmm. Demon Souls because it's where I mastered, you know, like the Souls formula. Even though Dark Souls was super hard for me too, um, but I I would say that I really love like Boletaria a ton. I think that is one of the coolest designed video game worlds ever. Like it's so great that big old castle, you know. But I really like a lot about Dark Souls too. I would say it's a wash for me. I love them. I love them both. <laughs> <laughs> All my children equally, right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, there's just there's great there's great stuff about all of them. Do you have a copy of Demon Souls and Dark Souls? Like looking at you, like suspiciously. Like, what are you going to answer, Lane? What are you yeah. going to answer? <laughs> nope, <laughs> Is that what's nope. happening in the room? <laughs> it's not happening. No, they're they're at home, nicely tucked away. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um. You mentioned that Dark Souls 1 was really hard for you. Like, So did some of your skills from Demon Souls just not transfer over, or did you just have like more of a difficulty transitioning to the new stat system? Or what, what do you think that no, was? No, I think it was just practice. Because I you know, I did Demon Souls, I platinumed it, and then I didn't play Dark Souls for about two years. And just getting out of practice. Because, you know, literally, mm-hmm. like, there's a ton of practice with just timing and, you know, hand-eye coordination, all that stuff. And um, I didn't get poise. Muscle memory. Yeah, Yeah. muscle memory. Absolutely. Um, I didn't understand poise whatsoever, you know, because that was a new new mechanic. (laughs) Join Um, the club. (laughs) Yeah. And and so after I really got into the wikis and, and getting up builds and stuff, that's when I was like, oh, okay, poise. Like that's a huge part of this, you know, the stat system that uh, you got to take advantage of and, and all that. So. Yeah, it was hard. Um, I remember, oh, and the other thing that made it hard is, um, well, with the poise thing and, and rolling and fast rolling and all that, you know, in Demon Souls, I was a shield person. Like, I just always was full on shield, you know. Mm-hmm. And with 
just the different stats like a lot of times in dark dark souls it just didn't work that way and uh and so just getting used to those new new systems took took some time for sure i don't i don't remember was there stability in demon souls i don't think there was like that but that, i, that I can't stat, remember yeah that yeah i don't it's been it's it's not been a long time since I played demons because I played it relatively recently trying to help some people with their playthroughs. But it's been a long time since I've like started from the beginning and like went through the game from scratch. So. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. And now that I you know I just roll all the time now. I don't use shields anymore. Um, shields are for scrubs, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get good. Come on. Um, no, uh, it, it's just it's just. Uh, it's just easier, you know, in my opinion, to once you get the timings down. But uh, anyway, so at this point, you're, you're you're married. You have a kid, maybe even two, by the time you finish playing Dark Souls. Um, yeah, and like Dark Souls Two is on the horizon. Are you at this point like you probably know you're going to buy it um, and trying to fit it into your professional and your personal life? Like, are mm-hmm. you? pre-ordering copies are you eating up every early footage video that you can possibly find what what, what are you doing yeah absolutely yeah i pre-ordered it immediately and uh (laughs) i didn't watch a lot of a lot of stuff i watched the trailers and things like i'm not too i don't worry about getting lore lore spoiled because i don't really pay attention to it when i'm playing you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah i'm soaking it up i'm trying to get into the network beta test you know doing all that stuff and, did you uh, get in out of curiosity? I did not get into that one. Nope, I didn't do it. In fact, I haven't gotten into any of them. And uh, I was able to get into the Dark Souls 3 one because I bought some code off some shady website. So, Yeah, that's. Um, I think we can thank Allison for that one. Because yes, <laughs> she bought a copy correct. and then yeah, told me about it. And I was like, I'm doing this immediately. And then <laughs> yeah. I know like three or four other people that did the exact same thing. Like the Lore Hunter, uh, my buddy LT, who has been on this show... Yep. Like a, a, yeah, it's <laughs> ten dollars exactly. to play Dark Souls three I'm seven like, months early. Absolutely, sign me up. yeah, and it was <laughs> awesome. Like I loved that. That was so much fun. In fact, I remember like making sure I knew how to cancel the credit card that I used as fast as possible. <laughs> it it was a specifically shady website, and I guess yeah. um, and this is probably off topic from the podcast. But if anybody out there is listening and they know how this like beta key economy works, like. I don't understand where they get that many keys. I don't understand how they can yeah. sell them. Like, no I just don't idea. understand any of that. Like, hit me up on Twitter and let me know that because I'm kind of curious how that works. Seriously, I was so nervous. Glad it worked, though. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, so Dark Souls 2 is, is there and it's out. Are you playing that on console as well or are you switched yep. to PC at this point? Yeah, console as well, I'm pretty much theory. exclusively console. Okay. Um, For some reason, I, I had you in my head as a PC gamer. That's the reason I kept going back to that. Oh, so right. No, no. I've only, yeah, I've only played um, Dark Souls on PC, and I did mm-hmm. that just because of the graphics. I just wanted to see, you know, what it looked like in, you know, a little bit higher resolution. And it made a big difference, and load times were so good. Um, but ever since, ever since um, Dark Souls 2, I, I've just been exclusively on the console. Nice. And so with Dark Souls 2, um, like a lot of people can argue that there's not as much lore or there's not as good as lore, of lore as there were in the previous games with that one. But, I mean, you just kind of caring about the gameplay. I'm kind of curious as to your opinion on going into Dark Souls 2. Um, 
You know, I'm not very fun in my opinions because I like them all so much. Okay, that's hey, that's, that, that's actually you know? a really fun opinion. So don't worry about okay, that. That's, good. Yeah. Um, I I'm a, I'd say I'm pretty optimistic about the games, and so I really hone in on the things I like about them, and just kind of not worry about the things I don't like. And mm-hmm. um, I thought Dark Souls Two had just they just tightened up the combat so good. Like it is unbelievable how good the combat is in that game. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> so and did you go um, with a giant sword kind of build there as well? I did a lot of different stuff in that one. I think my first playthrough was using the pursuer sword, whatever they called that, that big, massive, like final fantasy seven sword, you know? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, the... I love that. That thing was awesome. Did you get used to it? Cause there's a, there was a weird mechanical change with uh, larger weapons where like, in Dark Souls One, if you were on, locked onto a target and you went to attack with a large sword, like your attack would track to where your enemy was locked yes. onto, regardless of yes. which way you were facing. But in Dark yep. Souls Two, they changed that so that you could change the way you were facing while still being locked on, yeah. and that really threw me for a loop on bigger weapons. Yeah, I never got very good at that. Um, I rely mm-hmm. like on the lock on a ton, you know, to for targeting, and so mm-hmm. I never got super good at that until Scholar. Um, in scholar, I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, doing the, that manual targeting and it's, it's really good when you get used to it, but it, it was hard to get used to for sure. Did you, uh, like, did you get right back into PVP with like the arena and the rat bros and the bell bros and all that kind of stuff? You know, I liked the, the bell bros a ton and I did that. Like a, when I found that, I was like, what a great idea. Like the perfect arena. And just like non-stop summoning. It was so good. And so on my first playthrough, I think I just stopped there for like 10 hours and just, just did complete <laughs> PvP. It was so much fun. I just, uh, this week, Illusory Walls episode of this episode, of this podcast came out. And uh, me and him were talking about like the various points where you get stuck in Dark Souls games. And it's usually like, oh, I found a PvP covenant I really like. Yeah. So I'm just going to camp out here for hours Seriously. and hours and hours. Yep. <laughs> And the good thing about the Bell Bros is the rewards were so good, like the, the for the upgrade materials, and so you could just max out your weapons, and oh, it was so fun. Yeah, they really nailed Bell Bros, and they nailed them so well that I'm surprised they don't work as well in uh, Dark Souls Three. Uh, I'm kind of bummed out about the whole. I'm thing. so bummed out about it, and there's just like not as good of an arena, you know, like the Belfry Tower was such a good arena like the multi-tiered you know thing oh so much it was so good i loved that place yeah i mean just it was small enough to not have to like chase people down all the time but yep. you know big enough that you could kind of hide at the same time like it was it was a lot of fun they did they did that right and then it just disappeared for dark souls 3 which is like i said a serious yeah. bummer i was so um, bummed about it as well what was your like favorite boss fight out of Dark Souls 2, just out of curiosity? Oh, man, let me think back. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really going to ask you the hard questions here. Well, there's so <laughs> many bosses in Dark Souls 2. Like, they That's just true. Like, knocked it out of the park. I think my favorite moment with bosses is when um, you go into Hyde's Tower and you see the old Dragon Slayer. Uh, what's mm-hmm. his name? I'm forgetting now. Uh, I think it's just not, old Dragon Slayer, right? Are you talking about Dragon is that Rider? What the, not not Dragon Rider, the other guy. Is that the name? You're of talking the about boss? Ornstein. Yeah, Ornstein. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That was like the best callback moment ever. 
I love that. Like just walking in there and seeing him. Has you not been spoiled on that at all? Like that was the no. first time you had seen him? First wow. time I'd seen it. Yeah. And it was just like the coolest thing. Uh, so that, that was probably my favorite boss moment. The fight was whatever. Like it wasn't that hard. Um, let's see. What are the other bosses that I really Did you spend the rest loved? of the game waiting for uh, Smoke to appear like I did? Yes. Seriously. <laughs> I really wanted like old Executioner found. Smoke. Yeah, not, yeah. He can even get his hammer. Like it was such I a bummer. I know. Such a bummer. <laughs> Um, I love the Fume Knight. Oh yeah, the DLC. The, yeah, and the DLC. That fight was oh so good. Um, that fight the, along uh, with the uh, Alone Knight, or not Alone yes. Knight, the uh, Sir Alone in that same yes. DLC. Sir like, Alone. Those both is are amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> they so feel kind well of like ev- evolutions of that Artorius mm-hmm. fight that you know eventually they kind of perfected with Bloodborne. I think like the with the German and the Lady Maria fights like they. they they, they oh. do those one-on-one duel fights so well. Don't get me started on the Lady Maria fight. Like, that is my probably one of my favorite video game moments of all time, is the Lady Maria fight. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, would, I was considering this week, like, starting a new Bloodborne playthrough just so I could go do that fight again, because it's so good. Yeah, I could I can camp out there and do that fight Jeez. quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, it's so much fun. It's just uh, just the music. I, I think my favorite part is is the music and the setting. You know, just how mm. you like you go up in that horrible, horrible place. Like that was the most like disgusting place I'd ever seen. You know, in a video game. And the Tommy Docker Lab, you mean? Yeah, <laughs> yes, that place. <laughs> I hated that place. You know, and then you go up into this beautiful, like, little place with flowers everywhere. I don't know. The whole thing was so well done. I just can't even stand it. Yeah, it's it was incredibly well done. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, I, those those like one on one duels. Like, I'm way into those. You know, where you whenever you you know make a mistake and you you know you get killed or whatever. It's like you know what mistake you made and you know how to fix it. And then you can go back and retry. Uh, that, mm-hmm. I love those that are totally fair. Yeah, me too. Like the, the ones where the camera doesn't screw you up or where like, right. nothing else really fucks you up. Yep, exactly. I, so those, good. So great. Yep. Man, there's so many bosses in Dark Souls 2. I can't even like, oh, I know, think of right? all, all of them right now. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast the other day, and somebody like write it off. Like, yes, there are eighty-seven bosses. I don't, I don't think it was eighty-seven, <laughs> yeah. but I don't, I don't quite remember what the number was. I think um, it's over and, forty with the DLC. It's yeah. over forty, which is just ridiculous. Like, so many. Yeah. Um, with the you mentioned that like the the old uh, Dragon Slayer was a pretty easy boss fight for you, and Dark Souls One was pretty difficult for you. Like, was Dark Souls Two also pretty hard? You know, I don't really remember. I it was definitely not as hard, you know, the first time going through Dark Souls 1. Um, but I think my first playthrough was like 45 hours or something. It was a very long game. That game I if I had one critique of Dark Souls 2, I think it was a little too long because it just took forever <laughs> to get through <laughs> everything. Uh, especially think, with Scholar, like you could oh, you could argue that a lot of the stuff is optional but like is if something in the souls game it's not going to be optional for me like i have to fight it yeah so, exactly yeah. yeah i think dark souls and dark souls 2 or dark souls 3 are like perfect length they're they're great i do too i can run through those games now like dark souls 3 i think i could probably be, i'm not a speed runner at all but i think i could beat the game in like eight to ten hours you know no problem 
Oh yeah, I just did um, a couple of laps through New Game Plus and New Game Plus Plus, and um, for getting all the platinum stuff in Dark Souls Three, and like, it is amazing how fast like you can yeah. just run through that game at the speed of light. And I, again, I, like you said, I'm not a speedrunner, so like, but you can like seriously haul ass through that game. You can, um, and Bloodborne is probably the mo- the the quickest out of all of them. Like, I did a New Game Plus run in like 90 minutes, just because everything <laughs> is optional in that game. <laughs> Yeah, I remember somebody telling me that um, when Bloodborne like was relatively new and being like, "Oh yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, I got into New Game Plus and was like through to this place in forty minutes." And I'm like, "Are yeah. you serious? That was like a forty hour ordeal for me. What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you can book it through that game if you know what you're doing. It's that whole thing that um, they the bonfire side chat guys talk about where the knowledge compresses space, which I love. I think that's so good. Um, because mm-hmm. in this games, it's, it's a real thing. Like if you know what to do, like the games are not big, they're tiny compared to other games. So it's really cool. Yeah. Like, and there's not too much. I, I like them because they aren't open world. Like nobody has a exclamation point above their head or anything, but like, if you yeah. know where to go, you can kind of dictate your build and like, be like, okay, no, I'm going to go over here and do this thing. And that's going to let me do this thing later. And like and all this other stuff can happen. I'm actually a little bummed about Dark Souls 3 that you can't do that as much. Uh, just a little bit. I, I feel okay. like in Dark Souls, you could like go anywhere really quickly. Um, Dark Souls 3, I find it a lot harder to do. It's pretty linear in its progression. I don't know. Do you think it's the same thing? Do you, do you, do you agree or no? Uh, it's It's hard for me because... It's so gated with the um, dancer. You finished Dark Souls three, right? Like we can talk. Yeah, like five times already. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should have. I should have known that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. like everything being gated with the with the dancer, and then like I can't get into Ithril without first going to the cathedral. Like that. That's all. That stuff is kind of a bummer. But I do like that they gave you the option of beating the dancer early if you want to, so you can kind of get to some of that late game stuff. But then they lock it off all again by not if you don't have the Lords of Cinder Ashes. Like you yeah. Can't the Grand In fact, I yeah. just found that out. I didn't know that was a thing. And I'm going through and I'm like, wait, where's the key? Did I like screw this up somehow? And I had no idea that you actually had to kill all of those, you know, bosses to, to get to the end. So it's weird. I don't know. Like, I just, I just feel like in Dark Souls, like you could, if you know what you were doing, like you could go to like so many areas, like right from the beginning and same with Dark Souls 2, you know, you, you've got your choice of where to go. Um, and Dark Souls 3, you just, there's a lot of gated stuff. And uh, it's not a huge bummer, but it's a little bit of a bummer for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change, like, the topic a little bit here because I'm kind of curious. I've had people on the podcast before that say that they've played Dark Souls with their kids. And you mentioned having kids, like... Are they yeah. in the room with you while you're playing at any time? Like, do they like to do they like to watch Daddy die or like? Yeah. What are they? <laughs> um, my kids are pretty. My kids are pretty young, so they're like four and under. So they don't quite they don't quite get it right now. Um, however, two days ago, I beat the Nameless King for the first time, mm-hmm. um, which was really hard. That was a really tough boss for me. Um, and my it really my is. Yeah, my two my two boys were there, and they like dragons like a lot, and so they thought that was super cool. They they were there and they saw that, and they were way into it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was talking to um, a, a guy from my other podcast, and um, he was mentioning it like like his wife doesn't want his kids to see like the violence, and I'm like, I was kind of thinking about it, and like, there's not like your typical amount of violence in a like that I would consider a violent video game. Like, there's sword fighting, but like you can turn off the blood, and then after that, it's just like cartoon stuff right like it just has to look goofy to kids i'm sure <clears throat> yeah and it totally does and and i'm i'm a little cautious with like showing my kids the undead settlement because that's pretty nasty you know like bodies hanging all over the place yeah um, yeah true okay yeah i forgot that like people are crucified everywhere i guess that is yeah there's there's a few imagery. there's some there's a few spots in the game and especially dark souls 3 that are like really nasty and so i won't i won't show them that stuff but like you know the nameless king it's just like a sweet dragon fight you know um i'm cool with that yeah i heard uh i think i heard gary describe it and i hope i'm not misattributing this to, and as somebody else has said this but it said it said it was like a boss fight that's most likely to be painted on the side of a van <laughs> <laughs> i just really like that idea good. heard some a little bit of lore with the nameless king and i don't know a ton about it yet but it was cool because my current playthrough where i beat him was with like a solar like playthrough so like my character is solaire mm-hmm. and um it they, there just seems to be some correlations between him and the nameless king but i'm not sure yet i have i haven't dealt got into that lore yet i don't want to um i don't want to spoil this for you but uh you should read the item descriptions yeah i have not <laughs> i have not read that. continue in your trend of not reading them and yeah that it's it's a weird thing because it pretty much t- it ties up a very big loose end from Dark Souls one and a pretty conclusive in my mind kind of way. So it's it's pretty so interesting that like you'll probably have to throw a spoiler flag on this now. But, that's fine. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, I was going um, to anyway, so don't don't worry. About oh, that. okay, awesome. Um, what I've heard is that he's like the Nameless King is either like the god that Solaire worships, or like he literally is Solaire. Which is, what's the leading um, theory? The leading theory right now is that uh, the Nameless King is Gwen's son that was cast out oh, um, right. and his name okay. stricken from the annals. And then, then yes. um, he goes off. And the reason that this happens is because he befriended a dragon, which is why he's like hanging out with dragon bros now. Oh, right. Um, because Gwen's way against dragons. Gwen they hates the dragons. Battle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and there's some evidence to support. Um, I'm of the current. I'm of the theory that the Ornstein that you fight in Anne Orlando in Dark Souls One is a illusion. Like everything is pretty I much think in, in I'm Dark Souls in that One. Theory as well. Yeah, agreed. Um, and I haven't really decided where I am on the Dark Souls Two Ornstein. Um, and then obviously there's like the animated armor that's in three. That's very much not Ornstein. Like it's like specifically animated by those like pilgrim butterflies or whatever that are flying around. Um, yeah. Those things are weird. The, but th- then you find, um, Ornstein's armor and his spear and some other stuff inside after you yeah. kill the king. So I was so really there... surprised by that to tell you the truth. I it's... did not know it was going to be there. And I was mm-hmm. like, what is this stuff doing up here? <laughs> So yeah, like you could there's a there's a story to be put together of Gwen kicking out the nameless king or whatever you want to call him, but not Solaire basically, um, since everyone and their brother thought that Solaire was the son, um, the the son going off and doing like waging war with his dragon pal, and eventually uh, Dragon Slayer Ornstein 
meeting up with this guy and learning from him because there's statues of Ornstein everywhere in that in that area and eventually putting down his dragon slayer title and becoming just you know Ornstein I guess uh, dragon friend at that point interesting um so yeah there's there's some cool stuff there and I know some people don't really like that because it's a conclusive thing like right. hey this is exactly what happened but I don't quite think it's firmed up enough in the game to say like this is 100% what happened this is canon like this is this is Miyazaki himself has come down from yeah. on high and told you <laughs> that this is what it is and um but I, I think there's enough there to like make it interesting and I'm of the kind of opinion that I've never liked Solaire as being Gwen's kid like I've never liked that from day one so this works fine for me <laughs> like, this justifies years of me like flipping the bird to those dudes so got it got it got it yeah I never really bought that theory either I mean, it just didn't make sense to me, so. I just didn't like it because it was too pat. It was one of those things where, like, everybody in the game has to be connected to everybody, and I really liked the idea of Solaire coming to this land and, like, actually in search of something that, like, he probably may have heard of this thing that existed, like this fire or this flame or this sun or whatever, and then tried to find it, but not actually having any connection whatsoever to the world, so... Wow, this turned into a uh, lore corner. <laughs> it sure it sure did. Um, while we're on Solaire, I do have to say that I've identified most with Solaire. He's my favorite character in the games. And I feel like he has the most tragic ending out of everybody. Man, like, ah, it, the most tragic ending is, is a hard thing to say because, like, there's Luca Teal in Dark Souls 2. Oh, who, that's like, literally so true. Lo- like, loses her mind and you know, doesn't her whole thing is she's trying to find her brother and she forgets who he is. And then she ends up like, and then you look at stuff like, um, Sigma, oh, crap, Sig- what is Sig- the Koylock sister? Oh yeah. yeah. Tragedy is such a, so intrinsic to these dark souls characters that making like the most tragic compare. I don't know if I could do it. It's like you said earlier, like I, I love all my children equally, yeah, right? Like seriously. I can't, <laughs> I, I, I think they have all suffered the same amount. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I feel like Solaire to me is the most tragic because I happened upon his ending without knowing it was going to happen. Like I didn't go read about it. Like I just magically somehow did his storyline without reading anything. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was sad. I was so bummed out by his end. It was weird. So I'm taking it. I'm guessing that you got his ending where you found him all insane. Like, and that where you got yeah, to summon the, him for Gwen. The bu- the bu- <laughs> yeah. The bug is like yeah. on his face. Like he's like searching Uh-oh, for yeah. something and, and ends up with this stupid bug on his face. Like what in the world? <laughs> anyway, good stuff. Yeah. I like that's Solar. it's, it's a very tragic thing. And like, I, I, I definitely know why Solar is so popular in the dark souls community. Like you can't, you can't, you can't have a dude that's that lovable and that, you know, yeah. flirtatious and so amazing and in battle with you at the same time and not, and then have Seriously. that tragedy without people really attaching themselves to him. So I, I get it. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little so layered out after, you know, five or six years of this stuff, but otherwise I'm understand. I, I, I get understand. it. There. Yeah. I was just thrilled that <clears throat> his full armor set is in dark souls three. Like I was so happy. Yeah. 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 They did a good job with that stuff and bringing back the stuff that I think people would have wanted to see in the quote unquote last souls game of the series. Sure. Are you, are you into that? Like, are you kind of after finishing dark souls three, like, are you kind of done with dark souls or are you, do you just want more and more? Like, do you want to see him explore more stuff? Like what, where where do you want for the future of this, of this game series? I I actually would love Yeah, seriously. I would most like to see another bloodborne. Uh, mm-hmm. I love, I love Bloodborne. I 
I, anyway, yeah. So I'd love to see that. I think I think I would like to see something new from them as well. I well, think before we I get think, into something new, like what we didn't, we kind of skipped over Bloodborne. Um, what, like what is it about Bloodborne that you love so much? Like the, this, the sheer gameplay, this, like the faster combat. No, I actually like the environment and the more mm-hmm. straightforward storytelling a lot. I think it's okay. great. Um, mainly because like I'm not super patient to read the item descriptions, you know, and I know a lot of the lore is still done in item descriptions. But I just felt like I could understand a lot more by just listening to people talk. That's just how I felt. I don't know. It just seemed to make more sense right off the bat to me. Um, and I love mm-hmm. the the setting a lot. I think the setting is just so cool. Yeah. I think if we get another Bloodborne, I want it to be like... They kind of said this with Dark Souls 1 and 2. Like, Dark Souls 1 was on a North Pole, and Dark Souls 2 was on the South Pole. Like, I just want, like, weird, more gods. Like, I don't need it to be connected. I don't need to see, like, Rom. I don't need to see anybody. Like, I just want, <laughs> like, more in that world. I don't need yeah. it to be connected at all. Yeah. Yep. 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 I agree. I, I And I, I, um, I've always been a, a little interested in the, um, just the Lovecraft weird universe stuff. And so mm-hmm. I really identified with Bloodborne in that. Just like these weird people trying to do too much and going crazy. And that whole insanity stuff was super interesting to me. So, Yeah, like I remember going through that game. It's such a, there's such a huge dramatic shift in the middle of it. Um, and I wasn't spoiled on that stuff at all. Like I had no idea any of that stuff was coming. And then for it to be so kind of wonderfully wrought, I guess, like everything yeah. felt like had its own place in the universe. I definitely felt like I was an outsider that entire time. And like, even as a player, like I didn't, I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. And I kind of suck at it. (laughs) Yes. I I think Bloodborne has given, Bloodborne gave me the highest emotional reaction out of any of the games because Mm -hmm. just from the beginning, like when you get in there and all the people are like yelling and screaming at you to like get out, you know, like (laughs) that little effect right there, it just makes you feel like the game doesn't even want you to play it. You know, I don't know. It was so well done. I love that part of that game. So, um, I as well was, I was not spoiled in the, in the shift. Like I didn't even know it was Lovecraft at all. And so, like, when things got weird, I was so confused by that game. Oh, my gosh. It was just, what is happening? Um, but it was great. Well, good. Well, um, Lane, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Can you um, tell the internet where they can find you, or do you have anything you would like to plug at the end of this? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I'm on Twitter, but not super active. Uh, I'm uh, mm-hmm. at Lane Mosley on Twitter. And I'm not like a super active internet person. I'm an observer. I'm not like a creator, you know. So I just kind of observe. But I'm always down to talk about Dark Souls games because they're basically the only video games that I play. Because, you know, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm an old married guy with a bunch of kids. And I got to be very specific, you know, in the t- in the time that I spend. And so. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I can only yeah. imagine. Um, um, so, yeah. Well, thank you so much for spending the time with me and talking. Like this has been Absolutely. so much fun. I, Super fun. Uh, the, the reason I started this podcast was to get uh, like people that, like you said, aren't creators and get like their mm. ideas and opinions about like the Dark Souls series. Because 
all of the creator types like shout it from the rooftops. So like yeah. hearing like everybody else's opinion, I think is is a really cool thing. Like I think it's a good historical record if for not to toot my own horn too much. Sure thing. Yeah. No. Super great. I'm glad uh, glad you had me. Thank you. And um, as always, I've been your host at JG Greer on Twitter. You can find this podcast at TGUS Podcast on Twitter. If you want to come on the show and share your story like Lane just did, uh, send me an email to DG, excuse me, DGUS Podcast at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. <laughs>